I'm Adam Nassi, and this is Growth Swag. Welcome to episode four of Growth Swag. Uh, for everyone who's been listening so far, thank you so much. You guys have all given me great feedback, some awesome inspiration and ideas on topics to cover. Uh, I'll try to keep them coming. I will say that um, I have let my weekly cadence go a little bit. We have the holidays occur. Um, I got sick. You might be able to hear it in my voice, but I'm back. I'm really trying to do this on a weekly basis. So if you guys have ideas for things you'd like me to talk about, hit me up. I would love to maybe have you on or, or, or address the topics that are top of mind for you. So for today, uh, I really want to pivot a bit. So in the past couple of sessions, we've talked about uh, leadership primarily, right? So we've spoken about servant leadership. We've talked about developing and leveraging your core values. Uh, we've talked about leading with empathy. Uh, all these have been topics around leadership, leading people, career, things like that. Today, I actually want to talk about personal growth and my oh shit moment. So in the last couple podcasts, I have alluded to a health event that occurred at some point. And so today I want to delve into that and I want to get you know fairly uh, personal and share my personal story of the last couple of years, what happened uh, and how it has honestly shaped uh, and changed the direction of my life. So the title of this is my oh shit moment, um, you know, basically about the fact that I had a heart attack at 40. Uh, and so I thought what I would do is maybe just kind of start with a story. Uh, but what I would like to do is, you know, make this into sort of a multi-part series. So today I'm going to tell you the story about what happened and how it's dramatically influenced a few different areas of my life. Um, and then what I'd like to do is do some follow-up podcasts, maybe with a couple guests, if I can find some people who, um, you know, are great contrib- contributors to these topics. But talk about how the heart attack, um, I think, was a wake-up call for me on a lot of levels, but really how, in the wake of that event, I have become you know, much, much stronger, I think, healthier, more grounded, more mindful. And overall, you know, there's just, when a, a, a near-death experience happens, it really forces you to ground and really think about how do you maximize every moment on this earth. So, Topics like nutrition and fitness. How have I changed things in that domain since the heart attack? Uh, Mindfulness has become a big part of my life. It wasn't prior to, so we'll talk about that and why. Um, Growth, we've spoken about that at length, especially on, um, I mean, it's the name of the podcast, but it's also like really one of my core personal values. It's a big thing, but that really, that awareness of growth being such a core thing was born from that uh, near-death experience. And then finally, you know, connection, and how critical that is. So um, first of all, let me just tell the story. So the day was May 19th, 2017. It was a Friday. Um, it was a, a couple things about that day. I was working from home that Friday. Uh, and I remember that just my calendar that day was insane. I had like these 30-minute back-to-back video meetings all day long. And I'm sure we've all been there, but when you have a day like that, it's exhausting because you're just context changing every 30 minutes. It's very, very fast paced. Um, You barely have a chance to go to the bathroom in between meetings. It can be really intense. So I remember kind of coming out of that around 3.30 or 4 p.m. and my calendar was was open for the rest of the day. So I texted a good friend and I said, hey, let's go riding. And I was, uh, you know, rediscovering mountain biking at that time. I'm an avid mountain biker, but at that point I was really starting to get into it. Uh, and so 
I was like, hey, Friday afternoon, let's go for a ride on the trails here in our area. So we, we decided to do that. I remember kind of racing out, getting my bike gear together and heading out. And as we started the ride, um, I live in the East Bay of Northern California. It's pretty, uh, pretty mountainous terrain here. So every ride starts usually with a ass kicking climb up a mountain. And this one was no different, but I remember it uh, being really hard. We were also having a heat wave at that point. And as we started climbing up the mountain, I had, I remember distinctly thinking like, oh man, like it's super hot out and I haven't had that much water today. Uh, and then I kind of realized, well, I don't even think I've really eaten anything substantial today because I had all those 30 minute meetings. Uh, and third sort of realization was, gosh, I hope I brought enough water because it's hot and this, this climb is really hard. But it, it was a climb I had done many, many, many times before that. So I was like, I got this. I'm just going to push through it. About halfway up, um, I remember distinctly feeling a tightness in my chest. And it wasn't a pain, but it was significant enough where it like registered in my brain. I was like, oh, that's interesting, right? It wasn't scary or, oh, that hurts, but more like, oh, that's interesting. Not a feeling I'm used to having. I'll register that. Uh the next several minutes are kind of a blur, but we got to the top of the climb and I remember saying like something feels off. So we decided to come down and descending on a mountain bike is one of my favorite things in the world. So we hit that pretty hard. And when we got to the bottom, um, I remember just getting off my bike and having to lay on the ground. I was overwhelmed with nausea and I just honestly didn't know what was going on. And my friend and I were starting to think like the last thing, the heart attack never really crossed my mind. It, it may have subliminally, but for the most part, I was thinking heat stroke, or maybe I didn't get enough food today, or I'm dehydrated. Like all these things are going through my mind, but it was just a really strange feeling. Now at the time, those were the things that I was assuming was wrong. When I compile all the different things I was feeling and tell you now, you're going to be like, hey, you idiot, you were having a heart attack. But I just, that wasn't even something that was registered in my brain because at 40, you still think you're invincible. You still think you're a kid. And this was definitely a pivotal moment in my life where I realized life is finite and bad shit can happen. So um, long story short, I was feeling terrible. I was laying on the ground, um, trying to hydrate a little bit. Came, I got a ride home um, and immediately took a shower, trying to cool down, tried to eat a banana to see if calories were what I needed. And nothing was sort of helping. It was coming in waves of nausea. My arms felt weird. My fingertips were tingling and a little bit cold. I know, I'm an idiot. I was having a heart attack, but I didn't realize it. So eventually I called 911 and a huge fire truck comes to our house, the whole deal. And they do like a mobile EKG. And at this point I was a little worried maybe I was having a heart attack. So I was kind of looking for them to confirm it one way or the other. And God bless these first responders. They're amazing. Uh, they did like a field EKG. They did all these tests. But these guys looked at me and were like, hey, your vitals look good, but we still think you should get in that, you know, that um, ambulance and go to the hospital just in case. Uh, backstory, my wife was actually out of town on one of her first girl trips in a while, and I did not want to like make her come home based on a false alarm. So I declined and I had to sign legal paperwork, right? In case I died, I guess. So they wouldn't be liable for that. Um, I actually took my kids, uh, and our German au pair who was living with us at that time, I got them some takeout food while we were waiting for the food to be ready. I, something, and I, this might be divine popped in my head. And I remembered like, Hey, 
I feel like I've heard that if you are having a heart attack, aspirin is a good thing to take. And I literally don't even know where that came from. I'd probably heard it somewhere. But some for some reason, that popped into my head and I walked across the street to Rite Aid and I got some aspirin and I took it right there. So we get my kids their uh, dinner. I've taken aspirin at this point. I go home and I immediately um, head to the emergency room and I'm expecting my emergency room experiences up to this point usually were for some minor injury where you sit in the waiting room forever. And I just didn't know what I was going to be in for. I uh, drove myself there. Again, remember, I'm an idiot. Um, and then as I, 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 I couldn't find parking in front of the emergency room. So idiot drives around to the back into the uh, parking garage and it's heat wave still. And I end up walking all the way around. And as I'm walking, I remember thinking, Adam, you're an idiot. Like, this is super hot. And this is like hard. It's kind of hard, like a long walk in the heat. You're carrying this backpack. And I started feeling pretty messed up on that walk. Um, and I'm like, man, why did I just park my car right in front and just leave it there? But so I get into the uh, front desk and I go, you know, you say the words, I think I'm having a heart attack. And it's amazing how the gates of the emergency room open for you. And uh, you get expedited super quickly into amazing care. So um, I saw a doctor, they started running tests, they were asking me all kinds of questions. Ultimately, um, I noticed at one point the tempo in the set of doctors and nurses I was talking to upticked significantly and the sense of urgency upticked. And I don't, I wasn't at that point. In retrospect, I noticed it at the time. I, I noticed it, but it didn't register. And all of a sudden they mentioned that I was going to the cath lab. I asked, what is a cath lab? And they, oh, that's where they put a catheter in. And I was thinking about a catheter, you know, to help you uh, relieve yourself, which is the only kind of catheter I've ever had in a hospital. And when they bring me into this room, it looks like an operating room. And all of a sudden I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And a new doctor who I hadn't seen before came up to me and said, hey, Adam, how's it going? You're having a heart attack. So we're going to put a stent in right now and clear this up. And that was the first point I was told formally that I was having a heart attack. Um, super scary experience. Uh, but these guys were amazing. And uh, they actually put this um, catheter in up through a very, very tiny hole in my wrist. Um, literally left a tiny dot of a, of a scab that healed within a few weeks. Um, and through that little hole in my wrist, they went up into my heart, cleared uh, the blockage. Uh, and put a single stent in. What I found out later was my LAD, uh, lower left anterior descending, uh, which is also known as the Widowmaker, had become 100% blocked. Uh, and it wasn't like I had gone from 70 to 80 to 90 to 100%. Um, on, apparently, a very common condition is to have what they call loose vulnerable plaque. It's like a soft plaque that starts to build up way before it starts to calcify and harden when you're when you're much older. Uh, but that stuff occasionally ruptures. And when it ruptures, your white blood cells rush to it and it basically, um, you know, basically clots and blocks your your heart. And what I found out later was that's actually one of the most common causes of death from heart attack and probably the most common cause of heart attacks for you know, men, especially between 40 and 50 years old. That's sort of a sweet spot for that. Another quick stat while we're talking stats are the LAD, that Widowmaker blockage. Uh, you have a 20% survival rate from that. So that's another thing that to this day, I'm a little overcome when I think about that 
you know, I had a one in five chance of surviving that. And I did, uh, just insanely grateful. And, you know, uh, I, I can't even put it into words really. So, and just to bring it full circle, if I hadn't taken that aspirin, I was told that I probably would have dropped dead because with a hundred percent blockage in the LAD, there would have been no way for the blood to flow had it not been thinned out, which is absolutely crazy. That all happened. They put the stent in. I was in the ICU for four days. I didn't realize it at the time, but the first night in the ICU was, was pretty touch and go, actually. My heart was doing some really funky stuff in the wake of that trauma, and they were worried about cardiac arrest, but they didn't tell me that. Um, and, you know, then I started to recover pretty quickly. I felt really good, you know, almost immediately. Uh, four days later, I went home and began the recovery with this new realization being that I'm not invincible that I'm not going to live forever, that I almost died, right? That I, with three young kids and, and an amazing wife, almost left them, you know, without me. So that was a really intense experience. And I think for me, I would love to share some of the realizations that I've um, come to from that. And I wish it didn't require a heart attack for that to happen um, because, I think the blessings I've received as a result of the uh, of that happening to me have been amazing. Like I really feel like on so many levels I've been reborn and given a second chance. And I'd love for everybody, especially those of us, you know, kind of in midlife where um, you start taking things for granted or you're hustling so hard, you don't have time to um, maintain the right balance with yourself and with your family and the other elements of your life. Uh, you, you, know, you shouldn't need a kick in the ass for that stuff to kick in, but sometimes you do. And so one of my missions for the rest of my life now is to share this story um, and hopefully inspire people to, you know, be aware of some of the things that A, can be risks for this, but also, you know, see some of the beauty of the changes that I've made and how those could may potentially help others without them having to have a heart attack to realize that. So that's something I, uh, I definitely want to look at. So I started recovery from that point um, and I went from being a guy who I thought I was fit and I think I thought I was fit because I was exercising a lot and I was riding mountain bikes and I would do crazy endurance events. But the reality was I wasn't fit at all. Um, if I'm very honest with myself, I had probably gotten 30 to 40 pounds overweight and that had become my new normal. And I wasn't physically fit. I would put strain and stress on my body and gut through hard physical endeavors, but that's really unhealthy. And I didn't realize that at the time. Um, I had also, again, I was 40. My kids are in the early stages of elementary school at that time. I, I was having sort of a uh, renaissance period socially where you start meeting all these new families and friends through social circles through the elementary school. And I found that we were going out and partying a lot. In fact, I can't even, when I look back, I'm surprised at you know, how many uh, Sundays and even Mondays, I kind of felt like crap because we had drank too much over the weekend socially with, you know, our kids, parents, friends, you know, and, and these, this friend, these new circles of friends. And so uh, my lifestyle, I think we were pushing it really hard socially and definitely drinking too much and then making poor, you know, food decisions in the wake of drinking too much. Um, I would stress my body by putting it through extreme exertion, but not having a fundamental like foundation of conditioning there. Uh, I think I took on a lot of stress from work and I didn't have a counterbalance of mindfulness and meditation uh, and just introspection to balance that out. Because stress isn't a bad thing. I don't want to 
actually stress can be a really great thing. You just, it's all about balance. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've taken away is balance. And so that'll be actually one of the follow-up sessions we talk about here because I've developed even some formulas around balance, a way to like, um, sort of scorecard yourself on like, where are you at risk of losing balance? Cause it's impossible to keep all the plates spinning all the time in this modern world. You just got to be self-aware and know when you're too far out of whack on any one area. So that's something we'll delve into more, but long, long story short, I started my recovery. Um, and over the following two years from that, um, I dropped 40 pounds. I feel like I got much, much more physically fit fundamentally. Uh, my relationships improved. I have started reaching out to old friends and rekindling relationships that are really important to me. Um, I, as we've talked about in core values, I really did some soul searching to figure out what are the things that matter to me the most and using those to drive decisions in my life. So um, there's a number of these things that I think come up as themes that you know I want to share my story about. So nutrition is one, fitness is another one, mindfulness is super core. Um, and constant growth and spirituality and just connection with friends and family and loved ones. Uh, these are all things that I think I have put center stage. They weren't all center stage prior to my heart attack. And that's a shame. And again, I think my closing comment here is I wish I didn't require this massive oh shit moment um, to reframe what's important. Um, and my goal is just to share my story and maybe inspire a few of you out there um, if you're, if you're complacent on any of these things, which I'm not saying you are, but if you are, uh, it's a great opportunity to self-assess and maybe double down on a couple of these things without needing a no shit moment of your own. So, um, thank you for listening. This is a super personal story I've never shared other than sort of one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm kind of opening myself up here. Uh, but I think sharing the story can only do good. And, um, yeah, look forward to a couple uh, follow-up podcast episodes to deep dive into some of those things, some of the areas that have become core tenets and how I can live a more healthy, positive, connected, and mindful life. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'd love any feedback you have, so feel free to send it my way. And uh, look forward to next week. I'll probably start with uh, mindfulness. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time.